All right. Well, welcome to another grand episode of Beyond the Pulpit. I am your host, uh, Andy Thompson, and this is what season one, episode six, seven, six. somewhere. Yeah. We're we're in there, and we we got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> I'm here on here with my uh my my newest baby son in the Lord, uh, John Davis. What's your What's your middle name? There is it. Is you, you're not sharing that with the world, John Davis. And uh, and uh, good good guy, smart, brilliant young man, got a lot to learn. Umbilical cord still shaking off his belly, but he's going to be on here with us today. We're going to have a good conversation. And uh, John, why don't you say something to the people really quickly, just so they know you can actually talk. You know, you know, what's up, everybody around oh. the world? Oh, Glad gosh. to be here with Pop. You know, mm-hmm. especially known as Pop P A mm-hmm. Old Man. You know, all these things. <laughs> We call okay. okay. I'm just glad to be here and you know be able to share a space with him. So yeah. just glad to be here. I think this is a good conversation, okay? Because I'm an Xer. You know, you're the from the Z, Z. generation. You know what I'm so, saying? Yeah. And so there's all there's Z's in the room with us, you know what I'm saying? And and we won't, you know, we'll leave that alone. But uh I, I think I think what I wanted to talk about tonight was I wanted to talk about the price of freedom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wanted to ask the question and answer it. Is freedom really free? Okay. Mm-hmm. And is freedom really a good thing? Okay. okay. The dangers of freedom. Yeah. And let me explain to you all people what I mean by that. What I'm saying to you is, okay, there was a time when we didn't have the freedoms that we have. As we advance as a culture, as we advance as a society, the more our technology grows, particularly in America, because of our diversity, there is a pressure to expand our freedoms. So there's a period in which we're not as free. Mm -hmm. And so then as we start to look at the freedoms that something like equality brings, okay, we start pushing for those freedoms. We start pushing for those rights. But not everybody can handle freedom. Yeah, yeah, this is true. You know, you growing up, you know, I'm only 24 years old at the time right. of this. It's like, yeah, I can't wait to get older. I can't wait to get out on my own. I can't wait to do all these adult things that I see everybody doing. And it's kind of like, yeah, right. no, this 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 comes with a price. That's this right. Is, this is kind of ghetto. You know, I That's gotta right. I gotta pay bills on the same date every month. I right. gotta go to work. Every day I have to right. do all these different things. So right. freedom really isn't, I don't want to say it's not what it's all cracked up to be, but right. there's definitely a caveat to it. There's right. pros and there's cons to it. Right. It's like even with this Beyond the Pulpit show, it's like there are things I want to talk about because there's there's limitations of the stage of the pulpit. Yeah. Absolutely. And so there's, there's things that I think beyond the pulpit mm-hmm. and even some freedoms that I would like to talk about. There are things that the, even the church has held away from everybody as a freedom. We had a rule to kind of keep everybody in line. It's like what Paul says in Romans, not to be quoting the Bible on Beyond the Pulpit, but everything is permissible, yes. but not everything is beneficial. Yes. So one of the discussions that we have to kind of have is weighing permissibility versus beneficiality i don't even know if that's word but is is it beneficial right. versus versus is it permissible 
So I grew up in a world where almost nothing was permissible. Mm -hmm. It was very strict. It was very tight. It was very rules. It was very... And so there were no real freedoms. Like when you came into a religious setting, the religious setting hit you with the boundaries, not the freedoms. It wasn't about the one whom the sun sets free. It wasn't about being free. It was about being restricted, what you couldn't listen to. You couldn't listen to music. You couldn't go to certain places. You couldn't have certain kind of people. There was things you couldn't do because we were so afraid of the dangers that go along with being free. Mm -hmm. Then what we will do is we'll hold those freedoms back from you and keep you bound for you to be safe. And now if we start to introduce freedoms, right? Like, okay, well, you're free to go to the movies or you're free to have a drink. Well, the way way I was, it was like, you bought the bus hell wide open open. with you. You couldn't even go buy the liquor store. You couldn't walk down the aisle in the grocery store. You couldn't even walk down the aisle in the grocery store because they, you you couldn't play dice. You couldn't play with cards. You, if you played a game and it had to have a spinner because they mm-hmm. were so determined to be this distinction. They weren't talking about permissibility versus what was beneficial. They, It was very much like eating meat sacrificed to idols. Yeah. And where we are now is, is in a way, we're, we're freer than we've ever been, but I don't know if we're better. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and I didn't even, because I grew up strict as well. There was just certain things that I couldn't do, especially since I was, you know, called to ministry and things like that. Right, right. There were things my brothers got to do, but me, John, no, you called, you anointed, you, right, you this, right. that, and the other. So there has to be a, there, there's a line that you just cannot cross. But then it's like, when I got connected with you, you taught me about what, you know, although it's permissible, is it beneficial? Right. And it was just kind of like, huh. Right. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of people my age were always asking, you know, is this a sin or is that a sin? And then you really broke it down to me and said, you know what? That's not really the question to ask. Right. Although it may be legal for you to do, although everybody around you may be doing it. The real question you have to ask, is it beneficial for your calling? Is it beneficial for your purpose? Is it something that you should be walking in? And when I give people that answer, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, so I can just kind of do whatever I want. Right. It's kind of like, okay, well, look where that's gotten you. Right. Look look at the results of, you know, you just doing whatever you felt like, oh, yeah, I can do it because yeah. it's good for my calling or my right. purpose or whatever. And a part of what we're seeing in the world is the church took such a hard line in terms of rules. Mm-hmm. So the church, it's almost like, you know, the way I grew up with my mom, it's like my mother's basic perspective was yours is not to question why yours is but to do or die. There was no discussions. Mm-hmm. There was no conversations. Brush your yep. teeth because I said so. Mm-hmm. And that that worked for a while. But when you become mature, you start to want to be able to have a little bit of a conversation around the whys of it. And the church and religious organizations took such a hard line in terms of, well, for the Bible tells us so without having a conversation around whether or not this was actually beneficial to you. And then so people came to us asking us, what was the rule? Because yeah. even now, somebody will yeah. come and say, oh, well, I, I was invited to this party. Is it okay for me to go? And my response is, is it? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. if you can go to the party and do where your work and be okay, all right. But if going to a party 
makes you turn into an entire freak. <laughs> okay. Just throwing it back. And you just just, it back. you lose it all. And <laughs> the next thing you know, you're dancing on tables yeah. and throwing your bra at people. Yes. Then maybe this is not necessarily you have to know your own life and your own people yeah. want rules. But so that there was on one ditch side of the mm -hmm. ditch, there was rules. Yeah. But now I think we're at a little bit more of a place, son, where it's like, no, we just want to be free. Yeah, I agree. So do you think that, especially in our world as, as preachers and things like that, do you think that a lot of people have turned what may have been a personal word to them and try to apply it to everybody? Like there are certain people who are just like, well, you know, the Lord told me that I couldn't listen to secular music. So since I have to wean myself off of Luther and Marvin Gaye and suffer, I'm going to make everybody do that and say, oh, yeah, secular music is bad for everybody. It's just not me. I'm about to, if I can't have any of it, y'all can't have any of it. Do you think that we've done that? I, I don't think it was so much that. I mean, I think it was that, but in a, in a reverse way. And what, let me tell you what I mean. I think that people look at the masses. It's almost like what we talked about when we were talking about African-American women versus every other woman in every other culture. Because if you have a thousand African-American women, 250 of them have somebody, 750 of them don't. Right. So we're going to educate the thousand for the 750 based on, versus the 250. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other cultures, it's flipped. Mm -hmm. So if you got a thousand Hispanic women, 750 of them have a man and 250 of them don't. I think if we take that and apply that to this, they're looking at the thousand and they're saying 750 of them, if they listen to Luther, they're going to end up in the bed with somebody. There may be a 250 <laughs> that can listen to D'Angelo and be okay. There may be yeah. 250 of them that could be in a van mm -hmm. and listening to a house is not a home. There may be 250 <laughs> of them that can do that and keep their panties on. But yeah. the other 750 of them can't yeah. do that. If they listen to too much Luther, they're, they're tearing open right. condom wrappers with their teeth. So what we need to do is tear is we need to turn off all oh, Luther get rid of it. and let's get rid of this for the sake of the 750. We need to even the 250 can't listen to Luther because the 750 is going to listen to it and it's going to it's going to fall apart. And so I think that was it. I don't think it was somebody said, well, I can't listen to Luther. So can nobody listen to Luther, although I do believe. That misery does love company. And I do think that there did end up being people who were like, well, I'm not married to nobody cute. So why should you get to be married to somebody cute? So they just want to perpetuate everybody. Every dude got to be married to somebody that it takes the Holy Ghost to be with her. And you got to have There's prayer. There's a lot of people and, and like that. A lot. It's like. We're going to make you all feel like you're just yeah. overly carnal yeah. and you just got some kind of problem right. because, you know, we're going to focus in on the negativity of the desire of men, even though women have desires too, but we're not mm -hmm. going to focus on the negative mm -hmm. side of their desires. No. We're going to focus on the negative side of men's desires. And we're yeah. going to make that something that is tantamount to Christianity working. Okay. Yeah, like, let's, let's forget about how good she look or anything like that. You you need somebody who can pray for you. you yeah, need, you, you need somebody right. who can intercede and speak in tongues. That's right. Drag their feet. You when want they walk somebody who can sing. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. want somebody that can play the piano. Exactly. You want somebody who, who can, can do holler, something in your ministry. Do something in your ministry because and what's more is 
if you're too about your eyes, you're carnal. See, oh, yeah. so now that carnality mm-hmm. is your problem because we're we're going to limit your freedom, right? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna hold that in because we're afraid if we let that freedom out, then people won't be able to handle that freedom, mm-hmm. and then as a result of that, the world's gonna run rampant. And I, I, I guess I wanted to talk about it tonight not just in lines of this, but I also think that it's a significant thing to talk about when it comes to the country. Okay. Okay. So for example, there was a time where your identity wasn't something that was up to you. Okay. If your daddy was a pharmacist, then you go be a pharmacist. If your daddy was a carpenter, you're going to be a carpenter. If your father was, uh, was, a a a a fireman, then it was kind of decided for you that you were going to be a fireman. Yeah. Okay. And so people wanted the freedom to choose their own path. Yeah. Okay. That's not fair. Why should I have to be a doctor? Because my dad's a doctor. And then we saw all these Hollywood depictions of people that are like, but I don't want to do that. You understand? And all these tensions between people that want to be an artist and their father's trying to get them to take over their hardware store or take over their business yeah. <laughs> or take over this thing. But I don't want to do that. I want to be an architect. I want to be a dancer. Okay. My father wants me to be a doctor and I want to dance. Yeah, I want to dance. Okay. And so now you, and we're cheering for the, the soul of the artist. Yeah. Okay. And we're cursed at mean corporation. How you know. Could he? How could and he? how could he? That's horrible. Yeah. How dare this man build yeah. a Fortune 500 company and want to leave it to his son? Man on drugs. What's wrong <laughs> with crazy. him? He must be out of his mind. No, freedom is what we want everybody to have. Yeah. And so we fight for this. We romanticize it in the media. We mm-hmm. fight for it. Then we give everybody freedom. And now... We are facing an identity crisis like never before. Mm-hmm. And, and it even applies even more to the gender conversation. Because what is more defining than you're a boy? Yeah. You're a girl. Yeah. So we, we've already taken away, you're going to be a dentist because I'm a dentist. You're going to be a doctor because I'm a doctor. We've already taken that away. We're, we're, we're going to give you freedom. So now you got a bunch of young people out here smoking weed, trying to discover themselves because they've been given a freedom that maybe isn't really free. There's a price to pay for this freedom. Yeah. Okay. And now we're fighting for these freedoms at a level now in which we want to give somebody four and five and six the freedom to decide what they are. Now we are already facing an, a, a generation that's battling identity anyway. Mm-hmm. We already took away, your dad was a dairy farmer, you're gonna be a dairy. Your dad was an architect, your, your mom was a lawyer. We're mm-hmm. a family of lawyers around here. We've already taken that away. Those guardrails. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to take away even the most 
clearly identifiable identity tracer, which is your gender, and we're going to give everybody this freedom, okay? Mm -hmm. And either one or two things is going to happen. We are either going to freedom ourselves to death, <laughs> okay? Or somebody's going to come in and take the country back over and take back some of these freedoms. This is a part of what's happening. The Republican Party or whoever, the far right or the white right or the Christian right or whoever has decided, no, 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 we got to pull some of these freedoms back. So we're going to pull back the, the abortion freedom has now been, they're taking that off the table. Uh, what's next is gay marriage is next because we're looking at countries who don't have the same freedoms we have. And how are those countries doing? So we're looking at China. We're looking mm -hmm. at what's Russia doing? What's Putin saying? Putin's saying, oh, yeah, you don't like this war? <laughs> Says who? <laughs> you're either going to jail or you're going to go fight in it. Because yeah. you don't have the luxury and the freedom to speak against something that is not in the best interest of our national power yeah. when it comes to foreign policy. Yeah. We're not going to let you be in our country and speak against that North Korea is shooting missiles over Japan now because mm -hmm. it's like North Korea has decided, no, we're going to lock everybody down. We're going to control what everybody sees. We're taking all your freedoms away because we understand that the needs of the many outweigh the freedoms of the few. So we're going to repeal some of these freedoms because if we let these freedoms keep going and if America keeps offering freedoms to everybody like this and we start letting children mess with their reproductive abilities, what's going to happen is there ain't going to be no people. Yeah. The birth dearth is going to continue to grow. We're going to end up in a place where we don't have enough men to run the infrastructure of the nation. I hope our robotic technology really steps up because they're already predicting that by 2050, we're not going to have enough men to run the infrastructure. Are the robots going to shoot sperms? I'm not talking about robots procreating, son. But you, you're saying we're not going to have enough people, so... So what I'm saying is, that I guess they're expecting... That robots are going to help build the bridges. Robots are going to do the work gotcha. that men are doing right now. Gotcha. You understand? But just like cars, you know, over time, wear and tear, they get old and got to be replaced. So that's, same with robots. That's right. So somebody's going to have to, but they're going to have robots building robots. Other, robot, other robots. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. But I guess my point is, is that when we look at some of these other countries, they, yeah, they're rolling back some of their freedoms because- they're trying to create solidarity. And a part of what the liberal group is crying out for is give me liberty or give me death. But really, in a way, it's give me liberty and give me death with it. <laughs> because the freedoms we're calling for are literally going to kill the country. And I think yeah. that you know, it's, it's an interesting battle. When it comes to freedom. So do you think that it has to do with our country allowing our people to have a voice? 
not not our people just as black people but just as people in general we get to choose we get to vote we get to do this whereas other countries you don't really get to see that as much it's kind of like yeah i'm in power and i'm gonna stay here and do whatever i want until i die whereas here we get to vote people in and vote people out we get to impeach them we get to pass this legislation we get to pass this bill too there's so many cooks in the kitchen messing with the soup do you think that is the cause for it and why our nation is in the position that it's in and Russia and China are so they're completely on a different spectrum right. and have more solidarity, more power, and more have their nation under control. Yeah, I mean I think we have to realize that there's a there's a benefit and there's a there's a plus and a mon- and a there's a positive and a negative to everything. Every personality and you know, you, we did those personality profile things yeah. and and I and I'll, I'll I'll promote it. I mean, they're not paying me nothing, but 16personalities.com. You want to take a killer personality test, 16personalities.com is an amazing personality. It's just great. It's an amazing personality test. It strengths of your yeah. personality. Mm-hmm. For me, when I did it, it was almost like getting a prophetic word. It was so good. Okay. And it's a free personality test. 16personalities.com. They told you the strengths of your personality, but they also told you the weaknesses of it. This man did not know that he was an introvert. No, let's not go there. We don't want the people to know that I'm introverted. I'm not. I I, I am an introvert, but I'm really not. John, stop telling the whole world my business. What I'm saying is, is that you got the positives of your personality. Mm -hmm. You got the negatives of your personality, right? They want you to know what the strengths and weaknesses are. Okay, in the same way, there are strengths to democracy, there are weaknesses to democracy. There are strengths. Now, we love to talk about the weaknesses of tyranny, mm-hmm. and there are a great deal of weaknesses that go along with tyranny. Ooh, look at some strengths. But there also are some strengths. That's why in God's kingdom, it's this, it's not democracy. Okay? So there is no vote. There's no <laughs> vote. Okay. But there's but as a result of the negative that has been done in the name of tyranny, mm-hmm. we decided to get rid of tyranny because we had bad kings and had bad rulers. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I went to see the movie, The Woman King. You know, I, I need to say this because, you know, I kind of talked a bunch, a little bit of junk yeah, that's what I'm like. what against, against the movie. Uh-huh. You know, like, what do you mean it's a woman king? But you know what? I saw that movie, The Woman King. And you know what? It was a really good movie. It was very good. It I was I was moved. I was impressed. Come on now. That Viola Davis is an acting somebody. Did she do the snot nose? No, no, she did not do that. But she she killed John. She was she was amazing. And boy, them them women warriors in there. Woo! Let me tell you something, boy. They were swinging them swords and knocking people over. I've never been attracted to anybody that could whoop my behind. But I'm going to tell you right now, I was thinking one of them women warriors. But no, I mean, the woman king, right? It was really talking about a woman being empowered, like the balance of the throne and just kind of what is required to maintain the balance in a society with the rulership, I got it. Like mm-hmm. I understood it, kind of from a native perspective. But I, I guess my point in is, is that there are we we talk about communism as if it's a terrible, horrible thing. And I, I'm an American, so I'm not saying Ooh, let's mm-hmm. be communists. But we we come off ignorant when we deal in absolutes when it comes to 
any rule of power without understanding that there are positives and negatives. And I think that I said a whole lot of stuff to say this, that one of the negatives of democracy is that it's very easy for the people to be manipulated. You're, the, the, the median IQ in America is 98. Special needs designation is in its 70s. So that means half the country is double digit IQs and half the country is less than 20 points away from being designated special needs. So now these are the people that we've empowered to make decisions about what should happen with the country. Okay. This is sounds wonderful, but it's a little bit scary. Okay. <laughs> there was a time when you had to have a certain amount of land to vote. Yeah. You had to have a certain amount of, you had to have a certain amount of education to vote. Right. It, sure. Was it the elite being elite? Sure. But it was also being careful about giving power to people who don't know what they're doing or talking about. True. So some of what we're dealing with and a part of what makes America so divided as a nation is democracy. Now, again, freest country in the world, but freedom has a price. Yeah, it has a price. And it'll be interesting to see with my generation, Gen Z, what America is going to look like 50 years from now. Like, mm -hmm. when I'm your age, we're 30 years apart. When I'm your mm -hmm. age, it's going to be interesting to look back at 54 and see where the country is at because it'll be really millennials and Gen Z running it. Right. And we kind of don't like being told what to do. We don't kind of like, we, we, we always want to go away from the status quo and create our own thing. Everybody wants their own, you know, situation going on. It'll be interesting to see what this country is looking like. But you have to realize too, though, son, that you're like that when you're young. Okay. When you're young, you don't like nobody telling you what to do. When I was your age, I didn't like nobody telling me what to do neither. Okay. When I was young, it was Bobby Brown. That's my prerogative. I could do what I want to do. <laughs> Tell me why I cannot live my life. Live my life without all of the things that people say. So my yeah. generation was saying the same thing. We don't want to hear from the older generation either. Mm -hmm. And the boomers were a pain in the behind. Let alone my grandfather's silent generation, which was just rude. So, you know, my father had this way of confronting me all the time. You know, I need to have a conversation with you. And I was younger than you. But I asked him, when is all this confrontation going to stop? <laughs> he said, never. I said, never. <laughs> It sounds like but a dad. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's stopping today. So, you know, you don't want, you're not, you're, you're just looking for all your freedoms when you're young. Mm -hmm. But when you get older, you start wanting to know, okay, what can I depend on? What is a bit, what's more stable? What's more consistent? What are some of the things you want to know that this thing is right now? You're young. You ain't got no money, so you don't really care what your money does because you broke anyway. But when you get older and you get a little bit of money, one of, one of my one, my best friend, Chris, his grandfather, I think, said to him, when you're young, if you're not a Democrat, it means you have no heart. But when you're old, if you're not a Republican, it means you don't have no money. That's so real. That's so real. But right now, y'all, you're young and your, your heart just goes, oh, pray for Ukraine. I have not said that. Me, I'm like, pray for Ukraine. Like, I'll kind of pray for Ukraine, but I'm not really praying that hard for Ukraine because 
I'm not falling prey to the media's propaganda agenda of what we want to happen when it comes to gas. I understand the situation. I understand that Ukraine decided mm -hmm. to stand against Putin. Western-backed NATO forces egg them on because they want to control oh, yeah. Russia's natural resource, Absolutely. which is gas. And Putin ain't having it. He's not standing for it. You're not going to control his ability to to market his resource. This ain't. He's like this ain't Africa. Yeah. So so now Ukraine has been bombed back to the Middle Ages. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the people. I feel bad for the kids. I feel bad for the common man that was impacted by it. I do, but at the same time, I understand why Putin has done what he's done. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying I support it, but I understand it. And let China and Russia try to make a deal with Canada and see what we do. <laughs> see what we might do. Let's see. We would go up there and meet with the president of Canada, whatever yeah. his name is. Hey, okay. And we would sit down with him. We would try to have a peace treaty. We would try to talk sense to him. But if he went back and met with Russia and China and and he, and they said no, and then they started letting Russian China forces start doing military exercises 60 kilometers from our border, fit. are you crazy? We'd have a fit. We'll bomb old Canada. <laughs> <laughs> My home and native, <laughs> true patriot life. We'll bomb them right back That's to great. the Stone Ages. If they decided to do something that was against the best interest when it comes to our foreign policy, it's just a fact. We'd be like, what are you talking about? Y'all speak English like us. You might speak it a little bit differently than us, but you speak English just like we do. And Ukrainians speak Russian just like the Russians do. And so I don't know how I got all on that. But I guess what my point is, is that when you're older, right, you want some rules. You want something you can have confidence in. Yeah. You want to know that your your money is growing. Mm -hmm. You want the economy to be good. When you're young, you're like, oh, burn it all down. Let's have a revolution. When you're 60, you don't want a revolution. <laughs> you, want your, you want your money safe. You want your oatmeal. <laughs> you want to be able to go take a walk down, down the driveway with your dog. So... Some of it is, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm planning, I'm drinking my water. I'm planning on being alive when your generation comes to power. But I just don't, I mean, I hope that, you know, yeah. the country will still be here. So two things that popped in my head. One, when you said pray for Ukraine, it brought something, a question that I've always wanted to ask you. And I don't know why I didn't remember it till now. But when it comes to prayer, do I have to pray over my leftovers? I mean, that, that I mean, that's we've not a already, We've already blessed it. We've already said, may the Lord keep you, watch you, make his face shine upon you. <laughs> blessed his food. And why as black people, why do we bless food that we know is not good for us? All this salt, all this sodium, all this sugar, all these calories. And like, we're going we gonna to ask God to bless 
this mac and cheese, yeah. this collard green with neck bones, yeah. this fried chicken, double fried crunchy chicken. We're going to ask God to bless that? Yeah, we are, because okay. he promised right he will bless our food, our water, and take sickness out of our midst. And right if on. anything needs to be blessed, it needs to be that. No, I hear you. I think it's not a bad question, because it's like someone asked me, should they pay tithes off of their tax return? Hmm. And really, I, so if, what if you, so like I tithe off of my gross. So if you tithed off your gross. I'm good. Then what that means is the money that the government took from you. Yeah. You've already tithed on off that money. So when I get my tax return, I'm good. So when you get your tax return, you're good. Okay. Because okay? yeah. that money has already been tithed off of. Right. But still, the question is about your heart. And it's about your feeling and it's about your sewing and mm -hmm. it's about, so it's a similar question to, should you pray for your food again? Like just cause yeah. you pray for your food one time, doesn't mean that you're not going to pray for your food again when you're about to eat it. And I could contend that if anything needs to be prayed over, it's leftovers. Because leftovers have a greater chance of maybe kind of gone bad or maybe something's not so good. But doesn't your first blessing take care of that? It, don't well, cancel it, up. it might not have been in there when you prayed for it the first time, but a part of what you're praying for is the Bible the says, if we eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt us. So it's kind of a belief of, well, let me bless this food and believe that supernaturally it's going to be all right. So if there is anything in here, that's a bad thing. Let me pray over that. And in the same way, it's like, well, I'm in the habit of praying for my food. So I'm going to pray. And I'm praying for my leftovers, I'm going to pray. And in the same way, if I get something, if I get a blessing financially, then I'm I'm, I'm in the habit of giving as a result of it. And so, you know, it's kind of all, it's all connected together. But again, again, this goes back to my conversation about freedoms versus rules versus, because the, a, a, an, a really good question is, well, if your own heart condemns you, like, what does the inside of you say about that? Yeah. And how do you really feel about that? And I think that's an interesting place to kind of go into, which is kind of what do you do when the rules have changed? Because hmm. I think that one of the things that your generation is trying to do is have no rules. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. For sure. You know, we don't want no rules. We want all the bathrooms to be open. We want to be able to wear whatever we want to wear. We want to be able to say and do whatever we want to do. So, yeah, no rules. Just, just out here freeballing it. Right. The problem with that, the danger of no rules is with no rules, there's no regulations. So with there's no regulations, there's no safeties. Okay. And without any safeties, there's no, without any standards, there's no safeties. Okay? Mm -hmm. So... For example, okay, let's say somebody was to be, I don't know, a pediatric dentist, okay? <laughs> that person <laughs> has to go to a certain amount of school. <laughs> They're going to have to go through a certain amount of training. <laughs> They're going to have to be, somebody's going to have to watch them pull a little baby tooth out of a little fake skull or something to know that they're doing it right. You can't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express and decide that you're going to be a heart surgeon. 
<laughs> There's got to be standards, right? right? And so somebody's going to get their feelings hurt because mm-hmm. somebody's going to be told, yeah, you're not smart enough to be a heart surgeon. Sorry, you took this test. You failed. Okay? That's it. You're too dumb to be a heart specialist. Now, y'all's generation wants to say, you can be anything you want. No, you can't. The test will show, and don't nobody in here want their heart specialist to be somebody that says, you know what? I went to University of Mexico's Guatemalan. With the Cheerios University. Cheerios. (laughs) And all you had to do was show up. And they made you a doctor. I'd be like, oh, really? Yeah. Well, without that standard, you're not going to operate on me. It's like when we go to other parts of the world, like when we went to Ghana, when you went to Ghana with me, son, right? You could drive through places where houses are just leaning. Now, we all are going to be mad about the permit process. Right now, about to build our building. Yep. What we're thinking about is how long is the permit process going to mm-hmm. take? The permit process takes some time, but there's safety in the permit process. Mm-hmm. Without the permit process, we won't have confidence that the stuff can stand during the hurricane. Yeah, no. If I, pull, if I pull up and I see the church leaning, I'm not going to. No, this is my point. So what I'm saying is that is we have to figure out the fine line between freedoms and standards. Very true. Right? Very true. At some point, we have to decide what is a standard of behavior that is acceptable and amenable. And if we keep moving the line, then inevitably we're going to reach a place where there's no safety. It's true. So I remember growing up when every Saturday my mom was like, yep. Dad was like, all right, we getting up, we going to the barbershop. Mom will wake us up like, yep, we all going to the barbershop. But it's like, I'm thinking we in this barbershop, we here all day and it's just like, oh, this place is awful. I don't want to be here. Until I got a little bit older and realized we were going to the barber college. This whole time, I'm thinking we're going to professional barbers who have their licenses, who have all this stuff. And to come to find out, we were here letting people practice on our heads. Okay. And it's just kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. I kind of like got a little attitude like, you're letting these people practice on our heads? You're not taking us to somebody who has a license, somebody who has consistent clients, somebody who has their own business, somebody who's gone through, you know, the trials and, you know, all the stuff you got to go through to be a barber. And it's like, you're not even letting us go to the advanced side of the barber college. You're taking us to the beginner side of the barber college. What kind of crap is that? So it's just like, no, I completely understand it. There, In in certain areas, there just needs to be some regulations. There needs to be a process because people, even even in ministry, you know, people will look at us crazy if we got up on stage preaching and we never actually studied the Bible. People kind of want to know, you know, pull on, see the person, have somebody validate you like you were always talking about. Right. You know, there's power in having somebody who's established and say, yeah, I'm vouching for this person. Right. But if we just came up out of nowhere trying to preach and we have no schooling, we didn't sit up under anybody. There was no training. There was no um, apprenticeship, like internship or anything like that. 
people will have a problem. And rightfully so with everything else. So. But isn't that exactly where we are? Yeah. We're at a place right now in which Christianity has been deregulated. Mm -hmm. There's no longer the denominations. There was yeah. a time when the denominations ruled Christianity. Yep. And so they could require you had to get an MDiv. Sure did. You had to go to this school. You had to do this particular thing. Mm -hmm. Now, part of what they did was they weeded out some people who might have been gifted and anointed but didn't necessarily have the educational chops to get that education. Yeah. And at the same time, they also ordained some people who could be educated, but had had no oil. had as much oil as this piece of plastic <laughs> and couldn't get mm -hmm. couldn't get people saved with Jesus cracking the sky. Yeah. They yeah. still couldn't get people saved. Absolutely. And so you had a bunch of churches being led by people who had the book learning with mm -hmm. no anointing and no oil. Yeah. And then some of the guys that were gifted and anointed and called and empowered who either didn't want to go through the process of being educated mm -hmm. or just couldn't do it, yeah. ended up leaving. That's really what happened mm -hmm. is that the system broke because humans are involved in it. There's a certain amount of politics involved when yeah. humans are in it. And so now a bunch of folks left the Baptist church or left the Kojic church or left the Presbyterian church or left the Methodist church and decided, yeah, we're not going to have this body over top of us anymore. Yeah. We're going to be free. Yeah. And now everybody and in a sense, that's where we are now where yeah. everybody who yeah. wants to yeah. can go get a rec center, mm -hmm. set up some chairs Set up and tear down. Have you seen some of the names of these churches? I saw a church the other day <laughs> called Juice Church. I'm like, really? Juice and it's Church? Funny, it's funny because my generation took it a step further. Whereas those guys, you know, saying we're leaving denominations, our generation, millennial generation, we're just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to leave church in general. And we're just going to be like TikTok preachers or Instagram preachers, sure. and we're going to take one scripture or one clip from somebody's sermon and just talk about how they're completely wrong. And we don't know if this person has any credentials. We don't know if this person has studied anything. We don't know if this person understands the cultural context of the scripture or anything like that. I saw a church billboard the other day that said motion church. It said motion. Is it motion? It sounds very sexual. Is it lotion? Is I don't, it I don't, I don't, I don't, what kind of? That's, that church song could hepatitis. This this <laughs> right here is a church, son, who you got somebody, right, who's starting it, yeah. who has no oversight, nope. no structure, no who's the credentialing. What is starting to happen now is people are going to start being like, well, who can I go to? Mm -hmm. So we're losing something that we had in a regulatory body. We're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I mean, listen, I'm an independent. I'm a, mm. I pioneered my church. I grew up in a denomination, ranting and railing against the controls. <laughs> but I realize now that there is a price to pay for freedom. And I don't know if freedom is as sustainable. Right now, we're talking about how people have less confidence in the church than it ever has. Mm -hmm. We don't have less 
confidence in doctors than we ever had. We don't have less confidence in why not? Because we never deregulated. Their because system. we've never deregulated yep. medicine. Yep. There's people trying to do it. Oh, you need to go to my my friend Stan. He's a herbalist, and he's gonna give you some <laughs> turmeric powder. Put that on yeah. your eyelids, and you will be you good. You'll be good. good. You need to stop going to them fancy medicine doctors. And what all you need to do, putting all them drugs in your system. What you need to go is go down to Elizabeth Lee. She's a she's a herbalist. Mm -hmm. She's a healer. She's going to ting. She don't pick up her feet when she walks. She she's going to do symbols over you. Yep. And she's going to heal your eczema mm -hmm. simply from the power of grape nuts. So it's like we want to deregulate it, but there's yeah. a part of us that's like, no, we're not going to deregulate it. This is what it means to be a doctor. They went to Harvard. They went to Duke. They went to this. They went to the school, mm -hmm. and they want that thing on the on the wall. Yeah. But in the church world, we took that out. We deregulated it, um, and so now we have a certain amount of freedom, and there's less confidence. It's a hot mess. In church mm -hmm. and i think we have to find a way to get back to a certain amount of accountability yeah. and a certain amount of reinforced yeah so you, you know you've always talked about how there's always a ditch on e either side of the road yeah. how for thousands and thousands of years women were treated like property we never listened to women we never believed women even in our profession, women were the first to proclaim the gospel. But when they came back and told the disciples, they was like, man, whatever. We about to go see for ourselves. Right. So right. we never believed women. But in our way, as you say, overcorrecting, we just completely went to the Thousands other side. of St. Peter cathedrals. Yeah, yeah. Barely any Mary Magdalene oh, cathedrals. Absolutely not. Hardly none, okay? Abs absolutely not. Mary Mother Christ, sure. Sure. But Mary Magdalene, the, who, the first... The one who saw Jesus in the morning, they, nah. they saw the angels. Nah. Mary Mag is down there saying, where have you taken my Lord? <laughs> yep. You can make an argument. The person who first saw Jesus is Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Go and tell the disciples, where is the, where the, the, because it's a male dominated world, mm -hmm. a male denominated society. Okay. Right. So what is your point in all of this now? So we, so in our way of trying to fix that, we overcorrected and went to the other side where mm -hmm. we believe anything a woman says, whether there's facts, whether I, she said, I did this. Well, I was all the way in Japan. It doesn't matter. We take her word for it. We believe her. Do you ever, like, honestly, this is beyond the pulpit. Do you honestly ever think in society that we'll ever get to a middle ground? And we'll ever get to a balance, or are we just going to keep on going from one ditch to the other ditch? I would hope that we will, because I think that you know, women who watch this show tonight, especially women who feel about feminine empowerment, are going to can throw all kinds of statistics out to talk about how some of the worst things that's ever happened to women is men, and even to this day, I mean, around the world, yeah. that the percentage of women that are enslaved right now, the percentage of women who that's are not true. allowed to be educated percentage of women that are abused, the percentage of women that are beaten, the percentage of women who are treated like second-class citizens in mm -hmm. the world right now mm -hmm. is high. It's way higher than America. Mm -hmm. But even in America right now, while we're having this conversation, just statistically, there are women who are being abused and are being raped and are being hurt and are being... And for a long time, 
in our particular culture, women were not believed. Yeah. Okay. Women were not responded to. The cops did not do anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't. I felt like that would have been a real easy way to answer it. We can stop domestic violence against women right now. All we have to do is create a, a police force of just women who's they're the <laughs> only ones whose job it is to see if there's really domestic violence. Okay. Yeah. Because it, believe me, if they do it enough, now I know right now there's some dudes who are like, oh, no, 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 no. Because, but what will have to happen is we'll have to find about, it's like, I think the best police chiefs are women. I think the best police chiefs are black women. I think black women make the best police chiefs. I just really do because yeah. they're black. So they understand black, but they're also cops. So they understand cops. They're women, so they understand. But they understand yeah. all of the both There's sides of it. it. They can have. Yeah. They have children, so they get it. Yeah. They they're in this excellent place. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying that. It. I'm sure any woman watch the show get mad at me because I'm so pro man and so pro male and so power to the masculine side and battling for masculine energy can certainly lay out all the statistics of all the negative that's been done to women as a result of men. And I can't argue against those statistics. All I'm saying is that I'd love to see us get to a place where there's some balance to it, where, you know, where I was watching a video, it was a TikTok where a guy was just reading the stats, like, most of the people who commit suicide are men. Most of the people who die in war are men. Most of the mm -hmm. guy, people that are homeless are men. Most of the people that are in jail are men. Most of the people that die from certain kind of... It's just, when you look at the, the statistics of men, yeah. men are first highest ranked in all of the most deleterious statistics. And when he... This guy was reading the comments from women when those stats were being said and the comments were, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's 85%. Let's keep going till it's a hundred. So yeah. he was kind of commenting on the insensitivity. And I think that there really is, and I know this is beyond the pulpit and it's not necessarily supposed to be, but if there's any proof that there is a devil, <laughs> if there's any proof that there's demons, if there's any proof that there is a straight demonic agenda, mm -hmm. that there is uh, an agenda to cause us to die, okay? The thief comes to kill and steal and destroy, okay? God is about life. Christ is about life. If there's any proof that there is, the, there is a demonic agenda behind it, it's the death that comes as a result of it. And... There's no faster way to get us to death than to divide us against each other. So if we make men and women turn on one another so that women are cheering for the death of men, yeah, let them die. That's just taking us to a path of death. Yeah. Okay. And if we are like, if we become so angered against that, because we can sit here and I can tell you stories of women who lie on men, women who have, I could tell you a story right now of a guy that with me, faithful, whose marriage didn't work out. I, maybe he wasn't the best husband in the world. And 
but trying to figure out how can him and his wife divorce, what are they going to do with the kids? And in, in a battle to get the, she, she lied on him, you yeah. know, yeah. There, there's all kinds of guys that can tell all kinds of stories. And there are women who are watching this right now who got a dude who's their friend or their brother or someone they know who there's some woman is putting them through hell as a result of their children, because it's almost like, well, if you don't want me, then you can't get these kids. Yes, yes. And they're going to use the kids against the guy. And the fastest growing group of single parents right now is single fathers. Because the they are definitely men who are like, well, just give me my children. Mm -hmm. And there are women that are like, here, have your children. And there are serious, no joke men out here, black men in particular, who are straight up raising their children by themselves. And the one of the benefits of your generation and millennials and y'all is, oh no, millennials are in their children's life. Like they're like the boomers and even my generation that kind of got pushed away or just got too angry with the girl. And well, I guess the kid won't see us. Millennials are like, oh hell no, there's no way I'm gonna be with my kid and are involved with the life of their child. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, for us to hear those stories, right? Kevin Samuels, God rest his soul, okay? I think he definitely spoke up for men. And I, you and yeah. me, we, we are men's men's, okay? We alpha males around here, okay? And we think that men do need to have their voice and they do need to be heard and they do need to speak up and they do need to be solid. But not to re-enslave women, though. Well, it's like yeah. we can't. Let's not go backwards and take right. their shoes away. <laughs> you know, let's not get them back barefoot and pregnant back in the kitchen. It's like we. No, we have to understand that they they women were mistreated. Yeah. For a yeah. long time, mm -hmm. and as a result of that. Just like black people, if there's anybody that can understand this, it's black men. Because black people were mistreated by white people very negatively for a very long time. Still. And still to this day. So to the point where when white people start to talk about what black people are asking for as if we should be over it already. Okay. Well, we're sitting here black men, right? And mm -hmm. we're able to be like, are they crazy? In the same way, for us right now as men to be like, these women are tripping. They need to get out of here, please. They need. They got all the equality. They need. No, they don't. Yeah. So we we don't need to push them backwards, mm -hmm. but we do need to find a way to work together so that the strengths and the weaknesses can help one another. And because, yeah, sure, it's a man's world. But it wouldn't be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. It wouldn't be nothing, okay? Yeah. We need them. They need us. We can't do this thing without them, and they can't do this thing without us either. We need each other. Hey, this was beyond the pulpit. I almost said behind. This is beyond the pulpit, <laughs> and uh, this was a good show tonight. And uh, you can listen to the podcast, share this with people, let everybody know, get all excited, go tell everybody that the Beyond the Pulpit had another great show. And um, we'll, uh, well, we're praying for everybody with the, the coming out of the storm still. Oh, yeah. 
Still, t- still the Florida storm devastation. Listen, the storm is passing storm over. Is passing we are seriously praying for you. Harsh times. I was talking to the, my brother who lives in Orlando. Yeah. Water up the street. It's a serious thing. So praying for you. Support people that got affected by that storm. Even last week, it was something serious. But, um, yeah, this was another episode of Beyond the Pulpit. Share it with somebody. We'll see you next week. Peace.